Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We have a great small business show on KSL Radio every Sunday from 11 a.m. to noon called Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. We're interviewing our small business owners and organization leaders who are working hard to navigate our current challenges, and they're telling their stories. We can thank Visit Salt Lake and Utah Office of Tourism for providing this small business opportunity because they understand the importance. So I have Bo Beatty with me with Wilderness Ridge Trail Llamas. Am I saying that right? Wilderness Ridge Trail Llamas? Yeah, Wilderness Ridge Trail Llamas. I know. I should have fixed the name when we first started, but now that's how people know it. So well, it's, it's absolutely perfect. You know, Bo, um, you said at the beginning of our interview, you were talking about your background, and I was absolutely so impressed with the fact that you were a fifth-generation rancher and outfitters, right? Yep, that's right. Once again, to show my city slicker background, um, what do you mean when you say outfitter? <laughs> yeah, so outfitter, basically uh, taking people, p- taking people for pay, to do some kind of a backcountry experience, you know, oh. and sometimes that's fishing, sometimes that's hiking and, or riding horses on trail for four or five days, sometimes that's hunting. And so we we did it all, you know, we tried to make sure that, you know, because seasons can be so short, you know, hiking season short and the fishing season is short and hunting season is short. So we try to do all of it, you know, so we can kind of encompass all the seasons. And my favorite has always been the summer trips, being up in the Alpine and the, being in the wild places surrounding Utah is just it's just amazing. So I, I just kind of fell in love with it. Even growing up and riding horses and mules, my dad, remember, he used to get so mad at me. He's like, son, what are you doing? <laughs> walk pole. He's like, you're supposed to ride that thing. And I was like, I don't know. I just want to walk. I just want to hike. So he'd try to ride really fast on horses and so that I would get tucked out. So I just was kind of in my DNA to be a hiker. My great-grandpa, Daniel Korth, baby, he was a federal trapper his whole life. Really? A uh, federal state trapper. And uh, so he walked everywhere, checking his trap line. You know, was, he grew up in a great um, depression and didn't have much. And so last few years of his life, I actually took care of him, and he taught me how to trap. And it was pretty cool, you know. And we just hiked and walked everywhere through the Wellsville Mountain Range in northern Utah, which is actually the steepest mountain range in North America. And really? down the swamps, out by Promontory Point. And, yeah, it was kind of my childhood is growing up with Grandpa Dan walking everywhere. So... Walking and taking moms in the backcountry and showing people, you know, adventures and new things and amazing country and leave no trace practices has just kind of just been a part of who I am. So it just comes very natural, you know. You're in your element. So how did you meet uh, in Kirsten? My You're in your element. How did you meet your Kirsten? I mean, how did she, is she, does she have a ranching background? No, not at all. You know, truth be told, we met on a blind date that I didn't want to go on. My friends in college were all... <laughs> the weekend to make a long story short i had a i was studying for a test and took the test a little bit later in the day than i wanted and well they all left me and i didn't have enough money to drive myself up so i just stayed there and a friend of my colleagues what are you doing i said well i was gonna go fishing he said let's go on a date tonight so he uh 
invited Kirsten, and I never met her before, and I was acting kind of like an idiot because I wasn't too excited about being on a date in the first place. <laughs> and then I quickly realized, wow, this is an amazing, amazing girl. And I was pretty much smitten at the, at the very beginning, and we started dating. And on the second day, I said, hey, we're going to do this couple more dates here. We've got to introduce you to my llamas. And she sewed up my first set of uh, saddles and llama panniers for me because I needed help with them, and that was it. So, Oh, my gosh. You had her at hello with a llama. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I actually took her into the proposed. I took a, we went and did a, just a lunch trip down by this falls and uh, took the llamas down there and cooked her a nice meal. And uh, then I ended up proposing and had my llamas carry all the gear down with us. It was pretty, pretty fun. Oh, my gosh. You use a llama to get her. That is amazing. You know, we need to tell guys how to do this. You got, you know, guys are just doing the old-fashioned thing, pulling out a ring. You know, you got to bring a llama in. You that that's, that closed the deal right there. Your llama closed, closed the deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bo, that's amazing. You said you're in a number of locations. Give us an idea of the locations that you're in. Yeah. So we we raise all the animals, all the llamas here in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and then we have a little facility where we rent llamas out of in Brigham City, Utah. And then our main operations, where we do most of our guiding and base our, our animals and have all the guides in Tour, Utah. And the places we got, we kind of spread out in Tour, but that's kind of where we where we start from. We guide in Glen Canyon National or Glen Canyon Recreation Area. Let's go on to um, the staircase down there and Dixie and Fish Lake National Forest. And so we spend a lot of time down there right, off, right around Cap Reef National Park area, so... You're in God's country. All these places that you're mentioning are just stunning. That's amazing. I'm serious, Bo. You have such an interesting background. I don't know if you know how interesting you and your wife, uh, Kirsten, are and this wonderful business that you're doing. You have to write a book. <laughs> I, I mean, look at the generational impact. You have to write a book. I mean, look at your grandfather, a trapper. I mean, look at this history that you have. Yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty grateful for my background. Um, you know, I guess you get older and you don't realize that, hey, you know, where you come from really makes you who you are and who you're not, and uh, pretty grateful. You know, they went through some hard times. You know, our family living up in the northern Utah Valley, early, late 1800s up until now, you know, we're still there. So, yeah, it's been fun to see all the homesteads and where, we, where we've come from and the technology that we have now. And still, we're still doing the animal husbandry, you know, still taking care of animals and still living off the land and trying to be stewards of both the animals and the land. And I, I take great pride in that and um, try to make my heritage proud, you know. I think it's amazing, Bo. I already have the name of the book. You can call it Llama Love. <laughs> See, we just <laughs> we said a little brainstorm. You can call it all began. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, Llama Love. <laughs> That's exactly how, how it all began. See, I like the rest of that. Llama Love. Dot dot dot. How it all began. Uh, you know, I don't mean to threaten you, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> I don't want to scare you. All uh, right. But I'm getting so I'm gonna I'll get my outdoor boots on. I'll get the right gear. I'll just try one for a day, and then I'll see if it's something I can hang for a couple of days. Because I think that's the way to really do it. You got to give it four and five days to really get into it. I cannot wait. Yeah. And I, I tell you, it is is just an amazing idea. What a unique and cool idea. And we're looking for this right now, especially after what we've been through. And uh, do you want to give oh, us your? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the truth? In fact, I was going to ask you just quickly before we close, what kind of shifts and changes did you have to make uh, because of uh, the situation that we've been through? You know, basically, we had to let go of a lot of staff, and we had to kind of run with a skeleton crew. And last year, we didn't. We usually March, April, May, and June are our biggest month. We didn't operate a single trip until June. And so uh, business-wise, 
what affects us affects our employees. And what affects our employees affects our, our llamas, you know. And so, you know, thankfully we've had some good years in the years past and we were able to hang on to everything. But it was really hard, you know, making those phone calls and telling people that we're not going to be able to employ them. And then the llamas didn't have work and they get bored, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so that was really tough. It was really tough. And the fall ended up being okay. And people are coming back and really supporting us this year. And we're just so grateful, you know, and our guides are grateful. Our staff is grateful. And we're just excited to to do what we love, you know, and when someone tells you you can't do it anymore and it has nothing to do with your desire or ability, it really makes it tough on you um, for sure. as a whole. And so we're just eager to get back to doing what we love and showing people just a great great time and great adventures. Well, I hope from a business standpoint you're taking uh, advantage of some of the money that's been offered to small business because uh, you have earned it. And uh, for you to shut everything down for three months is a big deal. And all the, the PPP loans, all the federal and local support are exactly for businesses like right. yours. So, Bo, I hope you're taking advantage of that. Yeah, it's been great. You know, I just can't believe it. We live in a great country. You we know, do. I'm very proud to, to live in a place that helps those in need. And uh, it's just great. Yeah, we, without some of those things, I don't know what we would have done. Thank you for that. And thank you for saying we live in a great country. We need to say that more to ourselves. And so I appreciate that as well. And do you want to give us your website so everybody knows where to go? And this is where I'll be going uh, to do my, I'll, I'll do a daily and then we'll go from there. So I'm going to stick my toe in the water and I love animals and I can't <laughs> wait. Cool. So you want to give us your website? Bring the family down. I will. Yeah, Wilderness Ridge. Trailamas.com. Yep, that's our company name. That's the website. So, Well, Bo, all the best to you. You were brought to us by Utah Office of Tourism. We really appreciate your business. We appreciate how unique it is and your contribution to our communities. Um, all the best to you and to Kirsten yeah. and your family. Thank you so much. This is great. You guys are awesome. Appreciate what you're doing. So have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to our Mighty Main Street show, The Faces and Places of Utah. You can find us on the podcast page of kslnewsradio.com. I'm Chris Redgrave, host of Mighty Main Street. Join us again next Sunday to hear more from our business community from 11 a.m. to noon on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.